Welcome, everyone, to Livestream Stars, where we feature talented broadcasters delivering high-quality content across live stream platforms. And Livestream Stars is brought to you by Livestream Universe. Check it out, LivestreamUniverse.com. And we also have a new website just for this show. It's LivestreamStars.tv, LivestreamStars.tv. You can see all the past episodes, and you can also see all the upcoming guests. We have a, a list of guests now. Uh, pretty much all the way through the end of May. So um, some good stuff to look forward to next week. Jen Hoverstead will be on the show. She's the host of the show.live with Miss Jackson. It's a weekly show on Mondays, 2 p.m. Eastern. Check them out. They're doing great stuff. They have a lot of great guests. But now, speaking of great guests, we've got a terrific guest tonight, Brian. I social fans, Fanzo. Um, he's made so many of the top 20, top 30, top 50 lists, uh, just a couple of ones, 25 most inspirational social business leaders, top 30 customer engagement influencers, top 20 most mentioned people by social media on social media by CIOs. Some of these are tongue twisters and uh, top 50 most retweeted by digital marketers. That's a good list. And a whole bunch of others. It would take all day if I was to run down these. But you get the idea. Very influential on social media. He's a popular speaker at, at conferences. He hosts Cloud Talk with Daniel Newman. Uh, I believe that's noon Thursdays, right, Brian? Yep, are yep. you still doing the show with Ted Rubin? You still? Uh, we, we took a hiatus, but we are bringing it back on. So Fridays for No Let Up. Yeah, we'll be back on. Okay, cool. And um, the thing I want to start before, I know you've got, you're, you're fired up, you're ready to go. You're very passionate about live streaming. And... Yeah. You've got some news that I'm so excited that you've chosen this show to, to, to break some news on. Before we get into that, while we still have some people joining us, um, tell us what you're up to now with um, my channel, because I think it's an interesting company and kind of wanted to get a sense of instead of being, you know, geared towards the individual user, it's geared towards brands and organizations, right? Yeah. So, you know, like, uh, you know, thanks for the awesome intro. And, you know, I'm very very light, you know, very, I've had a, a heck of a ride, especially just from a, my community amplification side. But um, yeah, I'm the chief social media uh, officer at a company called uh, My Channel. And for those that know my background, you know, I'm, I'm very passionate about employee advocacy, um, storytelling. And for me, driving collaboration in my book, I'm that one of the chapters is, you know, the future of innovation is collaboration. But I think collaboration is kind of broke. And, and one of the missing vehicles really does seem to be video. And so um, I'm, with my channel, we actually integrate video into enterprise companies, small, medium-sized enterprises, all the way up to large enterprises, and really trying to not only um, drive collaboration, but build trust and authenticity, leveraging video. So it even does sentiment analysis, would give updates and understanding to managers that employees that are having a tough time. It would also um, run analytics to say, you know, if someone's in a, in a job that they don't, they don't really love, but they talk about something else more passionately on video, it would actually understand that and be able to, you know, convey that to HR and let them know they probably should, you know, offer them, a, you know, there's other jobs they might be interested in. So really it's taking video to the next level, some sentiment analysis, some real true collaboration. So it's kind of a combination of all of my loves. It's a, uh, it's video, right. it's social media, it's employee advocacy. Um, and ultimately I, I teamed up with a great company. And then I'm, I'm also the founder and a uh, partner over at Backlamp. Uh, I see the, the, the Summit Live uh, handle is in here. And so uh, Ryan A. Bell, who put on the Periscope Summit, uh, the two of us teamed up um, pretty much December of last year and uh, decided to join forces and help brands uh, really truly embrace what I call FOMO marketing, which is all of these new technologies from Blab to, to live stream, uh, Facebook to, to Periscope to Meerkat to 
well, not Meerkat, I guess anymore, um, to Snapchat. So yeah, that's where, that's what I'm doing. It's keeping me busy. And then of course, um, probably my favorite thing of all of those, even though I love those, um, you know, I love being a dad and I love being a speaker. So I, I'm focused, uh, I've been traveling like crazy. So I actually have, you caught me at a perfect spot because I'm off the road for this whole week. I was jazzed up today because I'm I actually eating in my own house and, I, and I'm working at home. Nice, nice. Well, speaking of, of FOMO, you, you, one of your trademarks is that you talk fast, but you do tweet even faster than that. So just to, just to keep up a little bit, um, on my channel, I'm just curious about something. They're using the, the company is using the video internally, right? I mean, they're using it yeah, for collaboration employee, among employees. Yeah, employee to employee or like one employee to massive amounts of employees. So where are they they getting the data? Are they getting data from how individuals are, are how often they're collaborating, how often they're using it? How I mean, like, how are they measuring sentiment on that? So including, so sentiment also in like nonverbal cues and how so right, right. Um, in that side and also understanding engagement in there. So it does kind of like a tracker across where, where spikes and valleys are. Um, and it's very integrated into the idea um, of gamification. So it also encourages the audience that even if they're not commenting, rather than just being able to give feels or hearts, they can actually give direct feedback to the to the, the the streamers as well as the brand that's leveraging it. So really the focus there is across the board. And it's something that we're kind of, the more brands that we are, I mean, it's amazing to me when brands, they really do wanna care about their culture and understand their culture. They just don't have the tools right now to get real time understanding of the sediment of their culture. And that's kind of where we're hoping to, uh, to jump in. And so there's like an algorithm that measures how engaged they are, how engaged other people are with what they're doing. And then also, I guess, managers can go back and watch the video and see what the collaboration was and how it what, how it came down and how people are interacting. Is Got that it. how yep. like one of the ways? Can, yeah. OK, so so really cool. Um, so you have some news about live streaming. You it was, have it, some, was more, some. It was more um, I planned on. Um, being very transparent and open really with what I've been doing, but also kind of um, driving a little bit of change. You know, I think there's a lot of, um, you know, it, live streaming is a, a, a year old as of today, or as of today, as of this, you know, as of this month, March, I mean, and I say social uh, mobile live streaming. So Meerkat launched in March, Periscope launched um, this Friday, um, a year ago this Friday. Um, Twitter, yeah, like 23rd or 24th yeah, of last, last year, year right? And, That's that's why I timed wanting to have you on just around the year, because if it wasn't for you, I never would have known about Periscope or Meerkat because you started speaking about it. You started putting your speeches and stuff up on Facebook, you know, with links to Periscope. I'm like, OK, sounds interesting. Another thing to have to worry about or whatever. <laughs> and then, you know, you start talking about Blab. I was like, oh, I think that's that's not video. That can't possibly be a video thing where they're all chatting on Blab. Right. Nobody's going to going to come out with something better than Google Plus, which, you know, had its struggles, but still was ahead of the game. Right. So when you came out um, talking about Blab, I was finally like, I got to see what this Blab thing is all. And who would have known that this is like the most amazing technology for live streaming because you can get a conversation going with up to four people. You got the chat box and, and the barrier to entry is, you know, it's nothing. It's it's so easy to learn how to use. So before we jump ahead to what's next, just give it like you were starting to do, you know, the last year. What did what did it mean to you? Like, what did you see when you started in, in a year a year ago? And are you surprised kind of by where we're at now or what did you, what did you see compared to what the reality is? Yeah. Now? I mean, I mean, to set the stage, you know, a year ago, this 
right this week, I was doing um, most of my, you know, my speeches were on either personal branding or integration of technology into business workflow, um, was really focused on um, businesses, uh, finding ways to stand out from the noise and telling their story. And that was something I, I was really passionate about. Um, I didn't have a, uh, I, I still don't have a strong YouTube channel. Um, I wasn't a video blogger, a daily video blogger. Um, and I, but I love the storytelling. I love to relate. And the problem with me with all of those other ones was, you know, Twitter is my home. Today's the birthday of Twitter. So shout out to happy 10th birthday to Twitter today. Um, you know, Twitter changed a lot of my life. That's why the tagline is in there. And I love Twitter because it was real-time engagement as much as you wanted to, right? Like it truly is about this idea that, you know, if you want to be invested in it, you want to spend time on it, you can actually find amazing value. And, and Twitter, I, be able, I was able to have conversations, Twitter chats that were really changing my business, giving me opportunities to do crazy things. Out of nowhere, drop Meerkat. Um, I happened to be going to South by Southwest. Um, when uh, coming out of South by Southwest, I was number two when they hit two million users. Um, around that same time, Periscope came out um, when I was at Social Media Marketing World, um, which of course kind of took off on its own. Um, and I was already monetizing a Google Hangout uh, Twitter chat show that was very much like this. Um, and then I discovered Blab, actually thanks to Periscope. Um, Steven Caggiano was in my Periscope and said, Brian, I, I beat you to a FOMO tool. I'm like, oh, no, you didn't. You didn't beat me. Nobody beats me. And he's like, no, go to blab.im right now and hit start broadcast. And um, and I did. And um, my very first or my second user was actually Furkan, who's the CTO of Blab. Um, and the saying nice. goes, he messaged and said, um, Brian, I know you're a, a, a big name and an influencer. What do you hate about the interface for your first impression? And right there, he won me. I mean, I, I go to a lot of platforms. I'm, I'm very blessed to have an amazing community. And most of the time, people send me apps and they tell me, please tweet about this, please brag about us. And um, Furkan immediately said, uh, you know, what, what, what can we fix? Where are we missing at? And it wasn't even 10 days later, I moved my monetized shows completely off of Google Hangout that are sponsored. Um, onto Blab right. full time, haven't done a Hangout since. And um, part of that came down to the community. So like to set that stage, not only would I have never guessed I'd be here where I'm at right now, um, I wouldn't have guessed as much um, good things as well as much drama, as well as much, you know, the Periscope Summit came out of nowhere. It's a community-based summit that really blew up in September, which to me was a big pinnacle in me going in more into Periscope less into Meerkat. Um, but really when it comes down to it, the funny part about it is the reason I'm successful and the reason that the brands I'm working with are successful is we're not doing anything new we're just now finding a better way to deliver our message and tell the story and, and you know, authenticity, storytelling, engagement, um, being social on social media. These are nothing new. This is all the same things. I think for a while we just kind of got into this shiny object syndrome of, of streaming. So I'm excited to see where it's going to go because um, you can get on today, in my opinion, and you can be an early adopter. But you can, you if you know, the idea you can go on today and still be an early adopter on Blab, on Periscope, on Meerkat, all of these different things. That's, that's powerful, but just because you're an early adopter or you were first on the platform like I was, you, and so many people today are coming to me and saying, Brian, the platform sucks, there's nobody there, I don't get engagement, and my challenge back to everybody now is no, you suck. You're, you mailed it in, you, and, and, I, and I mean it with all my heart now because I feel like we, we kind of rode a wave, and now great content is gonna stand out, great engagement's gonna stand out, providing great value is gonna stand out, and value is determined by your audience, and too many people are so quick to, to mail it in once they quote unquote get success or get followers or get hearts or whatever they deem as success. 
So for me, um, the future is bright, but I can almost guarantee there'll be new apps. The rest of this year, we'll see some new apps come out. There'll be new leaders. You'll see a lot of people who are prominent on these platforms that are now disappear into thin air because they were prominent because of um, timing, not prominent because of the, their actual um, skill set. So that's kind of my, I mean, as you can tell, I, I, I love and believe in the power of, of, of live streaming to tell stories, relate with audiences. I mean, some of the people in here um, have impacted my business and my day-to-day and my life. Alex Kahn in Germany, I would have never known Alex. I wouldn't have been able to connect with um, someone like him. And that's all because of live streaming. But, you know, Alex is one of the exceptions. He jumped in early. He's he's pivoted his, his, his delivery. He's focusing. He has like a mission. And I think where the future of live streaming goes is we have to remember just because it's the quote you shared out, right? Just because it's live doesn't mean you don't need a strategy. And live isn't the game changer. If you're actually able to listen and provide value at the right time, that's the game changer. And I believe 2016 will be the, the year where live streaming at the right time is where you are at, you're able to stand out, not live streaming because you can click a damn button. Now, here's, now, here's the thing, though. In order to... Are you hearing an echo? Are you hearing or? An echo or? No, no, okay. no, okay, so it's on my end. Okay, so with with... with with live streaming, right, and I, I totally get what you're saying about you capturing a moment at the right time, right? In order to be able to do that, in order to be able to do that when that great moment occurs, when that moment that's an opportunity for your business or you find yourself in the, the middle of a situation that could be like breaking world news or whatever, you have to be familiar with the tools. And a lot of people, you know, a lot of people on the other side, just say, okay, I'm not going to do a show because, you know, only 10 people are going to show up or only five people are going to show up or whatever. And I'm always like, well, learn how to use it now. You should be happy that there aren't so many people. Get good at it now and be ready so that when the opportunity comes, when your business needs somebody to develop a show on Blab, when when you're walking down the street and you get an opportunity to periscope something that you know, could be, could lead the evening news that night. You're not going, okay, where do I press the button? How do I point the camera? How do I hold my phone? Um, oh shoot, this would have been great, but my finger was over the, <laughs> the microphone or whatever. And you're comfortable talking on it. I mean, I never, before Lizzie, these, these social live streaming apps, I did two Google plus hangouts was found it to be burdensome to host the Google Plus Hangout because I hardly understood what was going on. And I knew the people who were coming to watch had no idea. Were they in the Hangout? Were they in the Hangout on air? What they were doing? Did they have the link? Whatever, right? So this makes it so much, so easy, so low barrier to entry. And I, I love it. Um, but I think people, uh, not enough people are making the jump to like, okay, turn the camera on, get over yourself start talking and get good at it. You don't necessarily have to talk about personal well, actually, stuff. You don't have to talk about I'd actually you say know. you don't even have to talk. So I actually challenge right, I think right. you know I I made this point when Periscope won the app of the year. 85% of the users on Periscope have never pressed the start broadcast button, but yet they've provided me amazing value. I mean, I have a couple of people that are in my stream. I mean, Scopescribe, I think she's in here right now. I mean, she, she is always engaging, always helping me as an amazing user of Periscope that is not on Periscope all the time. She does do um, streaming, but I think the idea now is people are scared of the unknown and they're scared to change because they believe ch if they change, it means what they've been doing has been wrong. And I actually say that's crap. What you've been doing up to this date allows you to, to strategically change for the better. 
So instead of hating on change, I say, listen, you don't always have to press the button. It's much like you know my employee advocacy side. I don't care if you don't want to tweet for the company, but your story is part of the company. And I want to understand your story. And I and I go into this idea like Blab. You know, Blab, hosting a show on Blab is a skill set. It is hard, and majority of people are bad at it, are really bad at it, right? There's a lot of things going on. We got shiny objects placed, and you have a community chat going there. I mean, but there's an element of this is, you know, you can you can embrace it. The, I, the reason I love these platforms is because failure is not only not scary, it's encouraged. The idea that you're, I mean, everybody's first periscope is their feet for the first screenshot because you don't realize the camera's on the back, not the front, right? Like, I mean, you know, how many people like don't plug, plug the microphone in or they, they're, it's windy or they don't have, you know, and I think unlike everywhere else, it has good and bad, right? I think failure is, is just looked at as normal, but also it's scary because trolls can engage you and they get your direct action. So for me, I look at I look at all the things and I call it FOMO marketing, fear of missing out marketing, right? You don't have to implement it. You don't have to do it immediately, but you do have to listen and learn because everybody that tells me my audience is not there and I go and look and they've never had a Periscope account, I call them out because how do you know your audience isn't there if you're not willing to go over there, listen, engage and participate? So, I mean, I, I give a shout out to Experion. Experion is one of the brands, you know, a credit brand. They're on every platform in every, I mean, they're on Anchor now. They're doing all of these things and they're not calling for an ROI. They're just being part of the conversation. So like you said, if all of a sudden they have an event and it makes sense or all of a sudden they need to do something in this space, not only are they familiar with it, but the community loves them. I can guarantee Experion sent me a Twitter DM and said, Brian, we are launching a big product. We are going to go live on our first Periscope. I would tell every other company, here's my here's my rate. I can build you out a strategy. Experion asked me, I say, how can I help out? Let me get on the phone call because they're part of the community today. So that's the difference. It's not too late. Right. And I'm not saying if you don't, if you're getting a year from now, you're not gonna be able to take advantage of it. But I believe if you don't listen and understand the actual platform or the audience, do not tell me that there's no value on there. And don't just, you know, it's funny, people in the Blab Hangout comparison, they tried one Blab and they go back to Hangouts. And I said, well, did you try your show on Blab? No, I just tried a random show, but I didn't get an audience. Well, how long have you been doing your Google Hangout? Four years, every single day, you know, every every Monday. <laughs> hmm, so why don't you try for a month or two months every Monday? You know, it's like, for me, I, I have a FOMO folder on my on my iPhone. And anytime I download a new app, if it is replacing another app, I uninstall the other app because you cannot give that new app its due diligence if you're still kind of half in, half out. And I think that is the space we're living in. I think Blab is, you know, is changing with the, the feature sets and things, but I think we're going to start to see a lot less people wanting to be hosts, but a more quality shows because everyone has a story. Everyone has something to share, but not everyone is made to be a host. Not everyone needs to be a host. Not every brand. I mean, I run, I, I do cloud talk. It's sponsored by SAP. You know, SAP is starting to do their own show as well, but they've been sponsoring me for over a year and a half on, on my community without ever having to take the reins themselves. It was still my show with you know them as a sponsor. So I think, you know, it's, it's interesting you said that because I also agree that people hate what they don't understand or what they don't know. But they also get overwhelmed by thinking the only way they can be part of the community is by freaking being all in. And I, I challenge that every single time. That's awesome. One of the things I'm interested in is what kind, what kind of niche apps or niche live streaming apps do you see going forward? Like, what do you think is going to be the next thing on, on the scene? So I think we have to, re, I think we have to reset the, and this is part of that thing where I was excited to talk about on here. Um, I think it's time to stop saying 
comparing Twitter to Facebook. It's time to stop comparing live streaming to YouTube. Live streaming complements YouTube. When I build out a strategy and we're looking at this platform, I amplify good shit. If you're doing good shit, I will amplify it. If you're doing bad shit and you press the button, it will be amplified. And so I think there's an element here of what we're moving forward to is that, you know, there's going to be new apps. We're going to have niches. People are going to do music apps like the, the crew app that's out there. But here's the thing. The thing for me actually ends up being how do we tell stories and then ultimately what does success look like? Like I think of Facebook Live and Periscope as not competitors. And people argue with me that about that will argue with me that all the time. But I, I am also afraid Periscope's in that meerkat phase where they are kind of forgetting about some of the community and brands and people. And I'm hoping like maybe this week with the with the, with the um, one year anniversary coming out, we're going to see some stuff because, I mean, let's face it. I, I mean, Facebook has the, the reach and the audience, but nobody goes to Facebook for live engagement today. Nobody. Nobody goes on there and says, hey, I'm going to get a reply to my comment immediately or, hey, I'm going to do this immediately. But if, if, if Periscope wants to embrace what I love about Twitter, and, I, and I'm a Twitter, I mean, I'm, I'm so far into Twitter that it is um, crazy because Twitter to me is a global unfiltered fire hose of communities. There is nowhere else, no other platform in the world that allows us to connect with people we don't know. We don't even know any of their friends, but we share a common purpose and common passion. And Periscope allows us to tap into that. But if Periscope forgets that and Periscope stop and, and kind of lets Facebook get this momentum and Facebook starts um, giving more uh, reach and value to live streams, I wouldn't be surprised if Periscope all of a sudden is rebranded as Twitter live video and kind of just ends up like a Twitter video feature because they forgot of its total value. Right, right. James, uh, Jordan James asks, what was your worst fear about diving into the fight for live streaming? Um, that my message wouldn't resonate with my audience. Because, you know, we all have an audience and, and for anyone that's heard the word value a thousand times, right? Here's the thing. Value is determined by your audience, not by you. Everybody that says, I created a viral video, just nobody watched it. It was not a viral video. It was not valuable because if it was valuable, people would have watched it, right? And I think people are, are looking at a lot of these things in the wrong way. So for me, my fear was I'm a tech guy. I mean, this is, how, I'm a change evangelist. That's how I introduced myself on stage. Right. Because... I mean, I'm a computer science major, played hockey in college, got a job at UPS, worked in cybersecurity for nine years, left there for a startup in data center cloud computing, left there and went to a partnership into a marketing agency, left there and now do uh, live streaming and um, employee advocacy social video. I mean, my world has changed so much that when I was going live on, on live streaming, I was afraid that I was too much of a generalist and not enough right. of a, a niched out to provide value. And I mean, it's also why I didn't have a podcast because... I had some of the podcast elites tell me that you can't be a generalist in the podcasting space. You must have a niche. And, and I'm here to say that's crap. Um, my niche is being a generalist. I, I am great at, at kind of connecting dots, knowing what I don't know. But the, the scary part for me was when I did start going live and I, you know, I was blown away when people started saying, I mean, Bebo Nita, who's in here right now, I mean, she was like, hey, Brian, you're inspiring me to do things with my personal brand. She's a makeup artist that's crushing it. And she does, you know, she does beauty. I, they would have never connected with me. They would have never followed me on Twitter. But because we connected on live streaming, I'm able now to have my message heard by her or someone in the UK or Australia. So for me, the failure or what I was worried about failure was immediately erased when the idea that I could connect with people that I had no idea who they are. They had no idea who I was, but we shared a common purpose or passion. And um, just trying to bring this this other question up here. It's taking a second. Um, let me see if I drop the uh, 
I brought up the uh, we are MYC oh, yeah, hashtag on the website. Um, I like this. I'm playing around with it. I really no, like this. Cool. But, uh, so, um, so I go to answer these questions. Um, I'm kind of losing the question. So I'll just read it off the side. Um, Jerry Harden asks, do you feel that Snapchat is an important platform for brands? I already use Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Periscope, and Blab. I'm, I'm going to guess your answer is yes on that. I think, you know, I saw that video of Gary V kind of pushing you in the chest, like, you know, go hard on Snapchat. So I'm thinking that's not just personally, but for brands as well. It is. And, and here's the thing. Um, where you're at today is probably not where, where your audience and your community will be at tomorrow. And I don't think you have to be on every platform, but you have to manage expectations where your audience exists. I don't use Tumblr. The only thing I send to Tumblr, although when I work with brands, is my Instagram auto post to Tumblr. But on my Tumblr feed, it actually says, you, if you want live engagement, interaction, and comments, please comment on my Instagram or my Twitter, right? And so when the, the world we're living in right now, I think the hardest piece for people to understand is people want access. The word access is the word you're going to hear me speak about on every stage for the rest of this year, probably for the next couple of years. Access is key. I don't care what industry you're in. It could be B2B, B2C, H2H, wherever you're at, getting access to the people, the products, the services, and really understanding them is essential. And Snapchat to me is, you know, I wouldn't even say, let's not even talk about Snapchat. I believe you need to invest in storytelling using your digital eyeballs. That means social video. I don't care what platform you're going to go at it, but you need to start having a social video strategy today. And, and I don't care if you don't start implementing it for a while, but the idea that you know Snapchat is about a one-to-many relationship and a one-to-one -one back, that is awesome. I Snapchat went, I mean, for four years, uh, Twitter was my first app I opened every single morning. Well, that changed in March of this year. Now Snapchat is. And people are like, well, why is Snapchat it? Well, here's the thing. People tweet at me a lot to be seen. Like, oh my goodness, I tweeted Brian and he retweeted me. People comment on Snapchat without anyone else knowing about it. So when someone comments on my Snapchat, it's valuable information for 90%, 95% of the time. So if I'm going to focus my time, which we all get 24 hours on, I'm focusing there. And I also think of this new idea. You know, The other chapter in my book is you know, the future of business is, is, is community. I think if every brand takes a step back and asks themselves, do they build followers on platforms or do they build a community? And the thing about a community is the reason when I went to Blab, I all of a sudden shot up the charts of being one of the most followed people on here. As soon as I got an anchor, I had over a thousand followers. It's not because I'm that popular or I have that much, that many, I, mean, I have 60,000 followers on Twitter. I'm like way down on the list of these people that can jump platforms, but I've built a community that will follow me where I go. And that's my message to every brand. I don't take a step back. Stop, stop worrying about organic reach. Let's say, you know, I, I love it. People go on a Periscope and they go, Brian, I have 150,000 followers on Twitter. When I go live on Periscope, 80 people watch. I'm like, damn, that's good. You got 80 people. No, I have 140,000 followers on Twitter. Well, what's your average engagement on a tweet? Well, I usually get like two retweets and a reply. <laughs> right, right. Let's set the stage here. Your, your engagement is three, not 140,000. And now you're able to reach the new audience. So I think, uh, you know, because we're, we're living in this TV ad age where, you know, I did live streaming at the Super Bowl. I did 20 hours at the Super Bowl. Our numbers were, you know, between 500 and 800 people watched every Blab one hour show. And if you compare that to a commercial or a TV show, it's way down. But of the people that watched my show, over 80% of them commented and engaged and went to a second show. 
Tell me you can't tell me those numbers aren't what every brand wants in every other platform. So to me, that's one of the things that I really think is powerful. I'm going to jump to this question by Rachel Miller. Limited analysts available on Snapchat and Blab. How do you recommend individuals and brands decide what format works best for them and their community? So I think defining what success is outside of the individual platform. So when I work with a brand, I say, okay, what does success look like? And if it's like, hey, we want to drive awareness to a webinar that's happening in two months. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to build a campaign to understand how to drive awareness on that, but I'm not dropping call to actions in Snapchat because a call to action in Snapchat for a webinar is the wrong target audience because they're there to consume 10 seconds of content or video and a story. They're not there to be sold. But if I'm able to actually convey trust, talk about the, you know, info, you know inter interview the influencers, bring some of that behind the scenes piece, it's amazing what happens whenever they start asking you, well, how do I get involved in that, that thing you were talking about? Because I didn't know you were doing that. So I think the analytics are going to improve. I wouldn't be surprised. I, and I said this, next South by Southwest. South by Southwest was the game changer for me for Snapchat because Snapchat embraces mobility. It's not a mobile app. And I'll get a little geeky here. It uses location services. It uses all of the features that are on your phone. It's not an app that was built for your computer that you just put on a phone. And so when you use the geo filters, I believe brands are going to start to be able to get, these are how many people took a, took a picture with your geo filter in your region on Snapchat. I believe that's data they're going to give us very soon. I think we're also going to be able to see when these ads, I mean, Snapchat is controlling the ad platform better than anyone. If, if you're not on Snapchat for any other reason, go on Snapchat and watch the, the sponsored stories and understand that their ads are not disruptive, rather informative. And that is new. Because when, we, when a commercial comes on, what do we do? Look at our phone. We tweet. We go to the bathroom. We do right. everything but watch a commercial. I couldn't even tell you the last commercial we watched. Not to mention we're on an on-demand Netflix world. But the thing about the ads inside of Snapchat is they're controlled. The content has to be built for the platform. It has to be vertical video. It has to – all of these different things. And the reason that is is because Snapchat understands that that's how their audience consumes content. And that's how the, the content can, needs to continue to continue growth. I mean, if Periscope all of a sudden drops – I heard this rumor and I I had the, you know I, I went after a couple of people that had the, were talking about the rumor, but they were talking about the ability to add you know open roles and uh, halftime commercials within the show. To me, that's gonna require a whole lot of training to your audience. And we are already really bad at teaching people how to use the basic features of Periscope to get value. Right, so I'm right. scared. I, I, the reason I'm really all in with Snapchat right now, and I'm, I mean, I'm all in with live streaming is because I believe Snapchat understands their audience and their community. I believe Twitter never has, but I think Jack's the right guy to do it. And the fact that he's limited, he stopped the 140 care over 140 character thing for the time being is a good sign. So I have, I have hope, but um, yeah, to answer that question, I think we're going to get better analytics. And I think if you get on there today and you collaborate with influencers and you do the new influencer marketing in this space is collaboration takeovers. And why? because you collaborate with people that have a similar mindset and you share audiences and messages. And what does that do? They follow you, you follow them. That's not brand new. I mean, that's what brands, that's why 20 brands sponsor the Super Bowl, not one brand sponsors the Super Bowl. And if right. you're thinking about influencer marketing, like how do I grow my following on Snapchat? The, 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 the fact that it's hard makes every one of those followers more valuable. I did a happy dance around my freaking place the day I got a, a Snap story that got 500 views. And this was, this was at CES a couple weeks ago. 500 views, I was so excited. I have 60,000 followers on Twitter, but those 500 views are captured attention and they have access to me. And that word access to me is the key there. And it's also, also memorable, memorable because you did an, did an awesome, awesome job, job sharing, sharing 
this, this flag, flag up no. to it, right? And, and, but the ones that stand out for me, because they're unique and most people don't do it, is what you shared on Snapchat. I'm, it's just so memorable. And then the fact that you recorded an anchor. Those two things separate you. So there's a way that you're using new, new platforms, just as you did with Periscope and Meerkat a year ago, to stand out from what everybody else is doing. And that creates interest and it's also memorable to me and so i think if brands can figure out how can we use these platforms to just essentially do the same have the same goal right get the message out get awareness out maybe convert some fans into customers and so forth um but to do it on a new platform before everybody else is doing it you're going to be remembered because nobody you're, you've just distinguished yourself without even having to be super creative. Just learn that platform and what content works for it. And you're 10 steps ahead of the game, right? No, I agree. And, you know, I appreciate you saying that, you know, for me, I think the old adage, and this is something that every marketer I believe has broken today. They all want you to that them to come to you. I do, not, I do not make anybody come to me. I educate them about what I'm doing and where on where their primary engagement piece is. So the reason that I did the, the Instagram post yesterday, the reason I did a Snapchat today, the reason I shared it to my Facebook page last night, the reason I did an anchor four hours ago was for me, I know I have audiences that are there and I educate them on what I'm gonna talk about and the value and let them know, hey, this is where you go. But I never say, you have to go here if you wanna find value for me because Let's face it, the old adage of like, come to my website to get all my content, we no longer are abiding to that and we don't even have time for that. I mean, if, if an app, if I'm like, I love in, uh, Instagram ads for app downloads because you click download the app and it doesn't even open the iTunes store, it automatically starts downloading the app. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to re be redirected to a mobile website then then has that open button and then it opens the iTunes store and I got to find it. Like we are in that, you know, if, I, if you capture my attention, and someone said this in Dublin, I was in Dublin two weeks ago, and I love it. Start focusing on thumb stopper content, which means when someone's scrolling, they stop their thumb to consume. And the thing about that is, yes, they must, you want to get them to stop their thumb, just like, like you know, you can create awesome uh, titles of your blog post. But the key is, did you add value and cap capture them at that moment in the right way? I mean, the fact that people are still doing Instagram posts as if it's Google Plus or if it's as, you know, as if it's another platform, to me, is just blows my mind because you have to understand the platform. Like, I don't go on Anchor and do you know rants or these the things that I do on Snapchat because I know where my Anchor is, my Anchor audience is, and those that are listening like might be like, what the hell is Anchor? I mean, Anchor's a brand new one, and I'm I'm the guy that I love getting on every new platform because. The cool part about being on new is there's no right and there's no wrong. There's only all of us together. Meerkat early days to me will still be my favorite days I've ever had on social media. Exactly a year ago, this month in April, March and April of 2015, every single person shared, collaborated. Our goal was helping each other be better. And I think if you go to every platform, when you start on it brand new and you focus on helping other people be better on the platforms that we're all kind of learning together, we can do great things. The problem becomes one gets on there and they go, I'm going to monetize this, create a course, and I'm going to ruin it for everybody else. Right. And I think that's the old school way. The new school way is I can tell you, I don't do the most anchors every day. I don't even do a, a consistent anchor right now. I, I'm slightly slacking. I was doing a lot more consistency at the beginning. But what I do is I consume a lot of the content. I'm very engaged and I'm listening. I, I was my rant yesterday on Snapchat. Right. If you, are, if you are snapping more than you're watching others' stories and snaps, you're doing it wrong. 
if you're tweeting more than you're looking at your 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 thing, I I, I argue with Gary Vaynerchuk. You know, I can say I love Gary. I have his books all over my house. But I think Gary's wrong in the fact that Gary doesn't look at his feed. He only looks at his at replies. Therefore, he only cares about the people that are talking at him, not the people that could be talking about something that matters to him. Now, granted, he's right. on a different level. So for me, I spend a lot of time inside of my feed, scrolling my lists, going through because I, I think every day, every person that I meet and engage with is an opportunity for me to learn. And that is why I'm successful in these new platforms. It's not because I'm smarter. It's not because I have a bigger audience. And it's not because I'm doing any magic tricks. I don't have any like top 10 things to monetize anchor. That doesn't, that's not my mantra. My mantra is let me share how I'm using it. Let me listen to how you're using it and let's get better together. Uh, I think the way you used it today is a, is a great way to use it. Just to introduce something that you're going to talk about in two minutes or less, somebody gets an idea, is this show going to be for them or is it not going to be for them? And if it's going to be for them and they wanted to know about it, they're going to appreciate it. It isn't overly promotional. You know, there's no, you know, big sale or, you know, right. you know, before the end of the day, the and then the price goes up or whatever. You're just saying, hey, we're gonna I'm gonna tell you about what I think of live streaming. Come on over and listen. Here, here's the link. And you know, I used it a couple times for a couple shows just to get questions that I then asked. I actually played right out of very low tech, just held held up my uh, my iPod right here and played it right into the in the microphone. But it's pretty it's a it's a pretty cool tool. I, I mean, at its best. You can. It's almost like an audio Twitter chat, right? Is, With people responding. And, At its worst, it's like listening to voicemail. So you know, well, it's social voicemail. I think here's right. the thing. We, we are craving to know that you aren't a robot. You do put your pants on the same way we all do, and that you are like. Some people hate the word authentic. I love the word authentic, and the reason I love that is because when someone challenges me on Periscope or trolls me in Blab, I ask you to get on video and talk to me face to face, and that doesn't happen. They're scared because here's the thing: authenticity is hard when it comes to this idea of, of how you're breaking through. But the easy part today is when you start being yourself on these platforms, they become easy, and it's amazing how to how you. But it's scary, and I'm not saying that 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 part is for everyone. But for me. This all, I mean, I, today on Snapchat, right? So I said, you know, I'm a big proponent on like leading people up. Like, don't tell me to go to Blab at 7 p.m. Tell me why. Like, you, everybody talks about the what. Nobody gives a crap about the what unless you talk about the how and the why. And so I did it on Blab. I did it on Snapchat today, and immediately I caught myself. And I was like, oh god! I said all I put on there was like, you know, I put your graphic, and I said, uh, catch me at Blab at seven. And then afterwards, I said, let me give you a preview of what I'm talking about. And I did a series of six snaps talking about my passion for live streaming. And what I was hoping that that generates is that people understand that I'm not giving you a call to action and I don't care that you come over unless I intrigued you or provided you value through that other piece. And I, I think that's the, the other pieces. Stop worrying about telling people what to do. Start inspiring by the teaching and how and the why. And they'll, they'll, they'll run to the what without question. The reason Gary Vaynerchuk's book sold 100,000 copies in three days is because the dude jabs for, for two and a half years straight every single time. Then he drops a book and he asked me to spend $26. I would spend thousands and thousands of dollars for coaching and, and information he's provided. And all I got to do is spend $26. I mean, that's why I have a book. I have a box of books of 36 books here sitting underneath my feet because I bought a bunch of books to give them out because I know that his content is valuable. And I know that he's provided me so much great content. He didn't have to write hook me. He didn't right. have to give me a call to action. I was ready to, to stand and run because of the value he provided up front. Cool. Cool. And Mitch Jackson sums it up so well. He says, connect he relate, and add value. Keep it simple, right? <laughs> yes. I tell you what, Mitch Jackson is, um, I believe he's one of the big, if you look at the last year, it's probably a blog post I need to write. If you look at some of the catalysts for 
why live streaming took off like it did. Yes, everybody talks about the marketers being the early adopters and get over it. Marketers are the ones that are, that are playing on these platforms and that's just gonna be, how, be it, um, how it is. But for me, when you see true industry leader, people that are, their time is valuable and they're they're embracing the failure, the, the change, the authenticity. I mean, I never thought I would say I love a lawyer, right? That, that's something that's gonna come out of my mouth. But Mitch Jackson, I know his wife, I know his story. The man is, I mean, and people like him, Yes, you have me. I'm a FOMO guy. I'm chasing the shiny objects. But if there aren't thought leaders and industry evangelists that do it because they see the ultimate value in the goal, then these platforms don't take off. And I mean, Blab's the same way. I mean, Blab, Blab to me is that an interesting part right now where the, the total value needs to be in the content and the hour and the, the content that you're creating when you're live, but also building some kind of cadence and a place for your community to engage you when you're not live, right? And and, and Ross, you do a great job of promoting the, the scopes and tagging future scopes and oh, you've built you, out man. your, your, your um, future ones because guess what? You're consistent and you're educational. Nowhere did you ever drop a, a CTA with, well, if you sign up for the white paper, I'll give you VIP access to the lab or some nonsense. But the like, <laughs> crazy part is that's happening right now and and i think we're, we're in this area where if we start taking old marketing tricks and trying to stick it in new marketing solutions we're going to ruin these solutions or you're just going to ruin your brand right, right right and and what you did today on on anchor was what what radio's done for 50 years they recorded your, your radio show ends the host goes into a booth records 30 seconds about what the next shows teases something coming up and then they play that until the next show comes on and and so you know you use something old but it was it was going back two generations before <laughs> the whole marketing game got going with social media where everything was get you to my list and then monetize it into well, you, know, you, know, you want to know the trick the oldest trick that i used for my twitter success the oldest trick being grateful saying thank right. Showing I cared. Like the reason the show you care hashtag became my mantra is because people kept asking, Brian, how'd you get on that person's radar? How'd you do this? How'd you do that? I go, well, I was just finding ways to show I care. Like everybody can hit retweet. I went into their profile and realized they have a they have a, a big uh, event coming up at the end of the week. So rather than me hitting retweet, I messaged them and said, love that piece of content. Hey, good luck on your big show this weekend. Or, hey, I know you're, you posted on, on Instagram that your daughter is in the state championships. That's cool. And all of a sudden, I started standing out from the noise by doing the most simplest thing. And that, to me, is the kind of the essence of all of this, right? Like, I get in people's scopes, and they're blown away. Like, I mean, it's, it's one of my favorite things to do. I jump on scopes that have low numbers and just say thank you and, and encourage them. And the fact that they find that valuable, I will continue to do it. And it's easy. And the, so many people are, are looking for an easy button. When doing the easy right. things make it all easy, and sadly we want we want a we want a button rather than just going through all the things that really make people stand out. Right, right. Let's get to some more questions. Um, Jennifer Quinn asks Brian, "Has your audience changed in the past year, and if so, how?" Ooh, um, yes, they are much smarter today than they were a year ago. Um, and I and I and I say smarter in the way. I kind of thought that I put out a lot of content, a lot of shows, a lot of Twitter chats, a lot of engagement, a lot of value. I thought that I worked really hard at putting stuff out on a consistent basis. And one of the things that I really wanted to help with my audience and with my, my groups is I said, hey, I really want to educate them on what I'm doing. But what I found out when I was on live streaming is nobody really knew what I did and they didn't really read any of my content. So all of a sudden I was like, well, I thought my audience knew my 40 tools that I use for personal branding because it's my most popular blog post. But when I got on live stream, people didn't even know that I was a, a tool junkie. 
So what it actually taught me was to go back to kind of ground zero and, and educate people and kind of share my story, my value proposition. And remember, I'm not an expert on social media. I share how I personally use it and how I help brands use it. And there's a difference because I will not give you 10 secrets for Twitter growth. I will tell you my Twitter growth came through a crap load of effort, setting expectations, managing those expectations, focusing on community first, jabbing without even a, a path to a right hook. And that might not work for everybody because we might want quicker success, but I'm going to share those secrets. So I think to answer Jenny's question, I love the question. You know, I think my audience has matured in understanding who I am, because I can tell you when I ask for questions on Blab and Periscope, I get questions like Jenny's now, not like, Ryan, can you tell me how I should grow from 2,000 to 60,000 followers in the next month? That was the questions I got a year ago. Now I get questions like Jenny Q's. That's awesome. Um, so thank you, by the way, to um, Kristen Cardos, who said, uh, who put the link up for an article I wrote about using Blab. I, for, I, I didn't even occur to me. So I dropped it into this uh, into this uh, little link thing here. And you never know what's going to come up, right? Because you don't always remember what was said as the featured image. So this picture of me behind, like the last thing I wanted was that. I thought a picture of a microphone or something would come up. So I can't look at it any longer. So let's move ahead. Aaron's question. I know that brands are doing great on Periscope and Snapchat. But what do you know of any brands using Blabwell to build community? If so, who and how? So that, I mean, that's a tough one. And I think the thing with Blab about Blab is um, I love Blab because it, it's it's keep it simple, stupid at its greatest um, element, right? Like I, I yelled, I hated uh, Sean and Furkan for not giving me the option to have private Blabs. Like I was so mad at them for that. And then I learned because they know what they're building this tool towards, and what their goals are, this platform is gonna be nothing but amazing success because they know what success looks like. And that's my, my favorite question to ask my clients is what does success look like? And um, the thing about Blab and growing a community on Blab is, I think most people go about it the wrong way. When, you know, when, when I'm working with a brand that we're gonna build a show, I, the last thing I focus on is getting Blab users. First thing I go is, where's your most popular channel? Where's your most engagement? If it's your email newsletter, I'm gonna start educating your email newsletter audience on what you're planning on. Not that you're doing Blab and a new technology, but you're planning on, you're, we're gonna create a new show, which gonna give you the ability to, to jump in and ask questions. Then the next email newsletter, giving them a 30 second clip of like, hey, here's a dry run that we did. It's gonna be really cool. You're gonna be able to ask the CEO some questions. And then ultimately you do this kind of drip campaign and you, you, you educate them where your audience is Therefore, whenever you do go live or you do want people to come to you, you're not having to convince them. Because you know, like, here's the, I mean, the, the truth is we are tired of new tools. Everyone has a new tool, a new platform. And if you tell people come to this new platform for, they don't even hear what the last value proposition is. They hear a new platform and they run away. So if you start right. with, hey, I'm giving you the opportunity to do this. And your last call to action is, hey, this is where you go and get it done. That's where the success lies, not in the other way around. So, and I tell you what, um, Aaron Kilby, in my opinion, has done the very best Twitter chat community growth that is of all Twitter chats. Media chat um, at night, it started with, it's called No Pants Chat. I, uh, you know, Aaron and I are good friends <laughs> in Arizona when I lived in Arizona. Um, but that chat, it, it, it's morphed, it's pivoted, it's been consistent. And if there's anything that you can learn today in the digital space, is if you want to stand out from the noise, you got to be yourself and you have to be consistent. And if you're not being consistent or yourself, you're going to just fall in line with all the other noise. And Aaron, I believe, has done that amazingly. 
That's great. Um, this is a good question from Jordan James. If you had to imagine a community you've described three years from now, where might it be then? And if you were an animal, what kind of no? <laughs> dragon. I got, I got I got interviewed this morning, and someone asked me if I was do I want to own a dragon or be a dragon. I thought that was an awesome question, and I said be a dragon because who the hell can tame a dragon or control a dragon? I want to be the dragon. But um, um, no, that's a great question, Jordan. And so for me, so here's the thing. I want to clarify the difference between a community and a network. You know, a network is something you build where people are invited and, and are connected by the people that connect them, right? So it's it's like Facebook, right? The only reason you have you 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 have new followers on Facebook is they know you or they know a mutual friend and they find you that way, right? But on community, when you're building a community, community isn't about the individuals, it's more about the shared purpose or passion that that you are focused around. So I actually don't believe a community lives on any platform. A community will use a platform as its primary communication vehicle. So for me, my community is Twitter because my community knows that's my that's my unfiltered number one place to, to get engagement and, and kind of build that raw conversation. But I would say that if Twitter died today, and please tell me that will not happen on its 10 year anniversary. Uh, if it died today, I would not lose my community. I would, I would, we would struggle to find a direct place to um, communicate in real time like we have, but my community is more around the, the passion that we share, not the platform or the individual people that make it up. Right, right. Does anybody Does want to jump in? Jump in? Open, Open seat. seat. We have about, yeah, about six, six minutes, minutes left. left. Um, so now looking ahead on, on, on live streaming, um, there's a lot of pushback against live streaming, I find, on, on particularly on Facebook uh, amongst say, more traditional digital marketers who are, are are clearly hammering away that for their mid-sized businesses or whatever, there's no place for live streaming. There's no ROI. There's no study that's come out yet. Of course, I don't know what was out a year after Twitter was was founded. You probably would have been saying you're wasting your, your time on, on that. And I'm certainly not somebody who's pushing anybody to do live streaming where I don't think it's a, it's a great, easy fit. But um, how do you how do you push back against that where where you get told, well, you know, this is new and it's you know, it's a fad and there's no ROI and it's just people wasting their time. You know, obviously, there's the strength of the networking connections, which in a B2B situation can be huge, like what you're doing with my channel. But um, talk just talk about, you know, generally how you push back, because I know you get those. I'm sure you get those those questions as well. So I would say, you know, of like the first 36 brands that I worked with. Um, I got 30 no's, 30 people told me no. And I realized I was actually starting the conversation the wrong direction. I was starting from the platform, the value the platform could to provide rather than understanding what success and what problems they wanted me to solve. So when someone tells me that their audience isn't on live streaming and they have no value for live streaming, I'm like, oh, that's, what's your what's your primary platform? Where do you where do you get the most value from it? You know, is it the you know four hundred thousand dollar a month billboard on the side of the road that like that's where you get value? You know, and that's tongue in cheek. But you know, you know, they say, oh no, we have great engagement on our Facebook page. I'm like, well, what's your what's your tangible goals on your Facebook page? You know, we want to drive community awareness. We want to know let them know that we're authentic. We want to get them behind the scenes access. Okay. If that's what you want to do, let's complement that with live streaming. Because I think live streaming was being sold as a replacement or as the future. I believe it's the great amplifier. And I think if you start by saying, hey, this is what success looks like. These are the problems I'm going to solve. Or for me, it's pretty simple. If a brand, there, there's two things. It's the first slide in my pitch deck that I have now. And it simply says, if these two things 
our, our requirement for you and your marketing and your business today. This will be the end of our conversation. Thank you for your time. And it's perfection and control. And any brand that believes that they are perfect or that their audience demands perfection or that they can control their message, control their story, control their employees, those are companies I can't work with because they don't get it. They'll be out of sight, out of mind, out of business pretty soon. The ones that say, well, I, want, I trust my employees. Can I train them on something? Yeah, okay, well, we can set up training. But for me, the illusion comes in, live is scary because it's live. But just because it's live doesn't mean you don't have a strategy. And the, the most powerful phrase in live streaming, and I think everyone has to remember this, the most powerful phrase in live streaming is what your brand does not say everywhere else. If your brand can say, I don't know, if you say, I don't know in live streaming, when you do talk about something you do know, it now has validity to it, right? It now has something to stand on. But nowhere on your website does it say the 10 things you don't know. But how does, a, how does a brand believe that the things that you are talking about are true if you're not willing to talk about what you don't know? I think that's the great equalizer on live streaming. How's it going, Jerry? Hey, Jerry. Hey. I was the one that had those silly questions about the band. I, I, what I, what I want to know is, with all these different platforms out there, first of all, I can't take notes as fast as you can speak, Brian. I'm having to try to catch up. <laughs> um, but with all the with all the different mark, uh, the different platforms that are out there, and that we're trying to use, how often should I either post, blab, whatever, you know, on each platform a day? I mean, to try to to work on it. So I think it's all about um, you. Kind of set you want to set a expect manage expectations, and I believe you don't know the limit until you push the limit, right? And I think part of the, the thing that's amazing about social today, and I call it the millennial mindset, which is not, it's the title of my book, but it's not the year you were born, but your ability to embrace change. But it's also your ability, the millennial mindset today, they want to be asked questions. So the funny thing about it is people will say, I posted 15 times. I'm not sure if that was good for my audience. Ask your audience. It's amazing. A simple ask to say, hey guys, am I, am I sharing too much? Would you like to see more content? I mean, I seem to do that every single week. And it's, a, it's kind of scary because you're like, well, uh, well, I don't know what their answers are. But ultimately, the reason I love Periscope is when I go live and I have a goal, all of a sudden, everyone in my comment says, section says, Brian, talk about Buffer. You were going to talk about Twitter's birthday today, but we want to know about this tool. Well, my whole goal of going live streaming is to serve my audience. Therefore, if my audience wants that, I'm going to provide them that thing. So I, I think I'd focus less on the amount of times, but start pushing that, that boundary and then asking them like, hey, what kind of things would you like me to see? Or I'm, I'm actually a bigger fan on don't give them a whiteboard, give them a square on the whiteboard and say, hey, I'm planning on these four things over the next two months. Which of these four would you like to see? And that way it gives them something to answer. Because if you give them a whiteboard, they're going to stare at it and say, well, they don't need my feedback. But yeah, that, that would be my answer. And I also think everybody's audience is a little different. And the two things that I will always remember, if you're helping or you're providing value, nobody will ever say you're posting too much. If you're, if you're selling and you're promoting, they will say you're, you're providing, you're, you're helping too much. You're, you're providing, you're posting too much. But if you're, you know, even if you're a band, right, educate them on the location you're going to behind the scenes, give them information on the city the band's traveling to on their tour. Give them a background story on the interview, the mom and dad of the, of the artist. Because ultimately, that's all selling you on the band because people are going to start to connect with that band, band and then say, where are they playing next? So rather than posting all about the upcoming show dates and things that you're selling, focus more on what can I educate my audience on with that value and that help that they want to consume that ultimately builds that authenticity and turns them into an advocate moving forward. Quick follow-up, Jerry? Yeah, I, that sounds that's really great. Cause, so in that 
in that situation then as far as what I'm using doing what we're doing is we're, when we go to a show I'll periscope a few minutes of a couple of their songs and then I'll with catch me I'll have it so that I can post it on Facebook or or wherever or Twitter or Facebook or whatever and then I invite people to a blab where I have the band actually on here and do a Q&A nice. uh, and talk about the show that they just did and talk about the show that's coming up is that kind of like no, that's great. No, it's it's bridging your audience. You know, I would say, you know, on the Periscope thing, there, there's two pieces that it's really important is you want to make sure you educate people ahead of time that you're going to do that at the show. And then I would always make sure if you're doing something like that, exclusivity is the key. So if you give them the coolest access that not even the most VIP ticket could get, that is the that is the gold, right? That's the piece that you know, like my favorite thing is I want to know what they eat backstage and what they do between the walk from the, the green room. room. To the right. stage, right? I don't even I don't even want the green room. Right? I want I want the I want the walkout. I want the walkout from there. Do you stop and do a huddle in the hallway? And it, it, it's crazy because it's like two and a half minutes worth of live stream. But because you can never get that anywhere else, you're now providing such a unique value that they're going to tell their friends and they're going to post on their Facebook page and say, hey, this is that thing I was talking about that I knew what color socks the artist was wearing before he hit the stage because I was subscribed to their Periscope and now everybody subscribes to their Periscope because you gave them something else they can't get somewhere, you know, on a different channel. So I, that's right. But I love that you're, I mean, that's all about segueing and make sure that when you're doing your Periscope, you mention that you're going to have, have it on catch and there's going to be a blab about it. When you're wrapping up your blab, the next catch, because it's all about kind of that continuous circle of, you know, bridging your audience across channels. Cool. All right. Thanks Thank a lot, so Jerry. Appreciate it. Thanks. Hey Brian, this has been awesome. Uh, I would love to have you back on, maybe in the summer, the fall, if you're if you're open to it. We could definitely do a part two. Um, we can ask. I got I got a couple more minutes if you want to. I ask a couple yeah, more questions. If you want to hang out? It's uh, I'm I'm happy to stay on. I just want to respect your time. No, I, I, I appreciate that. I, I I can stick on for a little bit more. I I, I love the the question. So I I'm uh, I'm I probably just need to refill my beer and I I'm good. So let's go. <laughs> okay. You know where where he where Jerry was going actually. Um, Oh, now where is it? Ask, ask AV had posted something about backstage and I love the quote, but it, it really is a backstage pass when live streaming's used right. And it, you know, and I think this is where, like, where you talk about like employee advocacy and employee brand advocacy and how HR can use um, employees to, to promote the brand, both for acquiring customers, but also for recruiting talent and, and and things like that um just giving people a taste of the work environment obviously you're not going to be discussing comp you know you're not going to have the secret recipe right on the table and live stream that but certainly you can show workers at an employee event you could open up your town hall um when it's not a new product launch but you're just taking questions from employees you know there's th there are things like that that you can you can do right that that really lets people say, okay, this is an environment I want to work in, or wow, this product, I like the people who are who are making this and how excited they are because they know better what makes the product great than does the marketing team or the sales team or, you know, um, the social media team or whatever. So getting that real view from people who understand the culture and the product and everything else, just a taste, right? You got to be careful. It's business. You can't open up everything. People shouldn't feel like they're on camera when they're interacting and all that. But in the right moment, 
that's priceless, right? I mean, it's like the difference between a stock photo and a real photo of your yes. company, right? Well, and, and uh, you know, like, one, and actually, this was something I did at South by. You know, a brand stopped me; they knew who I was. I came out. I was right after I got off a panel, and they asked me, like, "Well, Brian, we have no idea what we have Periscope about, and we're we're in a regulated industry." And I'm like, "Well, remember, I worked in the Department of Defense, so I'm very familiar with regulated industries, and I think most people use regulated regulation and um, as a crutch rather than really what it's limiting to." And I all I simply said was. Pitch me to come work for your company. They're like, what? I'm like, I'm your ideal candidate. Pitch me on why your company is valuable and why I should work there. They went like on a good five-minute rant of all the different value things. And I said, I got you 20 Periscope ideas, but you telling me all of those pieces. Because that's not intellectual property. That's not proprietary. And it's not regulated because that's what you're trying to, to provide. And, I, and they immediately are like, oh, man. I'm like, yeah. And their story was smart. And, I, and the other thing you have to remember, I mean, I don't think live streaming isn't for every um, – value prop and every problem solving. But I do believe every brand can find a unique way of using it. Some of it can be recruiting. Some of it can be marketing. Some of it can be just giving people access to the CEO of a company because they'd have no idea who your CEO is. Like, I mean, like John Legier from from um, uh, from T-Mobile. I mean, I switched to T-Mobile because I couldn't name the executive at the top of AT&T, but I knew the first name of, of, of John there. And uh, T-Mobile is using it more for the story of their CEO than they are for about their phones, but that's still a very value, valuable piece of what T-Mobile is using live streaming for. The Great Chocolate Johnny has a question. Um, I've been looking at VR. How do you think virtual reality is going to change brick and mortar business? Very interesting. Um, first off, Chocolate Johnny is one of the best out there. I think he's turned he's turned a a, a chocolate business that was successful on the other side of the world into a global recognized conversation and brand through um, his story. So I think he's, if you want to fo focus on a brick and mortar company and a small business, um, I would definitely check out Chaka Johnny. This is Ryan Abel, my partner over there at Backlight. But um, to, to answer John's Great question, Ryan, first off, the guy for VR is that guy down there. So I'm going to let him do the actual answer. But I will tell you, my mind was changed at South by Southwest by the Lonely Whale Project um, that was the VR that was at the Dell booth. Because I had done 40 VRs at CES and it was all about the technology and about this crazy new experience. And the VR one at, at, at South by Southwest, to make it really quick, is it, it immersed me in the story of a whale that was following along the ocean. It was very cool. I could look all around and then the whale had to deal with pollution. And then you kind of rode through the pollution and then you went above the water to see what's going on. And I felt my heart, my heart beat, my emotion change because I went from, if you would have told me, go watch this or go watch this video about pollution about a whale, I would have ran the other way. But because I was immersed in the solution, when I took off the headset, I said, where can I donate? What's their Twitter handle? I want to help amplify them. And that's because the experience is actually that compelling in the storytelling aspect. Ryan is uh, Ryan is actually from my side on the story, the social storytelling. Ryan is the one where I look for for VR. Ryan, what, what, what's your thoughts there, Mr. Bell? So uh, I'm, I'm proud of myself for only coming on to provide value and not to just bother. <laughs> so uh, there, there's two things. South by Southwest was a big thing. Um, I, I heard one person. So to answer Johnny's question, one person said in a PR class that if PR people use VR, they'd be ensuring that they had a job for 10 years uh, in the future. Uh, so you have to realize that for Chocolate Johnny, if you're looking at his chocolate shop, Perfection Chocolates, 
those buys are very emotional buys. If you're able to see something that's emotional, if you're able to go into your into his shop, if he's able to do something on Facebook, say Facebook has a, a social feature where you're able to go into the physical shop and walk in and look around and maybe even take things off the shelf, uh, then that's a very hard thing to, to, to turn down because you're able to see the, the chocolatier there. It, it makes it real. It makes it not in Australia. It makes it right right there in Facebook. Budweiser did something very smart where they added different layers and they took people through the brewery and they and as they were going through the VR experience, they had it timed out to where they would put the beers and the hops in front of their noses so people would actually smell that so they could have this real awesome experience. So the real answer is the experience. And the difference between virtual reality and reality is just the amount of data that is involved in each. So it's just, it's, it's, it's a, an effing experience. This is the first time I've been on Blab and Not Cuss, by the way. Too. So <laughs> I'm, I'm, I, that's, is, do you think that's an adequate answer yeah. for that? No, that was, that was good. Okay. Thanks, cool. thanks for respecting the family chair of the program. <laughs> <laughs> but that, that is amazing. I mean, the timing was perfect. I mean, that is a, that is a great answer. And how about, um, do you, I, I, I guess the sister or brother or whatever of virtual reality is augmented reality, Ryan, right? I mean, right. where, where's augmented reality fit in the picture? Augmented reality actually has a larger case for businesses, in my opinion, because if you're able to look at little tags when you're in a store and something pops out and says, hey, hey, this is on special right now. This is the augmented reality glasses are going to be something that we're going to be wearing permanently within the next few years. And they're going to be communicating with us through Snapchat, through different apps. I mean, augmented reality, like VR is the buzzword. AR is the real thing that's gonna 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 take off. I, my opinion is it's gonna be one and the same at one point in time where there's gonna be some kind of darkness that comes over where you can have that cased VR experience versus the augmented. And so for for most people that don't know, augmented reality is glasses that you can see through and you can manipulate things in front objects in front of you or see things that are are tagged like. Even if you had a tag on your shirt that was recognized by an augmented reality thing, it would it would be able to to do an awesome like digital design on your shirt, um, wow. on somebody else's shirt. Like like there's a lot of there's more applications in my opinion for business than AR than VR. And for everybody, this, AR this, integrates more easily into what you're doing, right? You don't you don't have to take yourself like VR and put right. put yourself completely out of. You know, you, you can't be looking in, in VR glasses and be like crossing the street or something, right? Or even shopping, you'll you you, you might not make it, right? But right. <laughs> see, even, see, and and people don't realize right now that for ten dollars or less, you can have a pretty damn good I VR. Still got these things, I, yeah. I've never tried it, but <laughs> New York Times sent these to everybody one one day in my area. Well, I think, you know, the other thing about this kind of crazy, just in this idea is, you know, I was talking about this at South by, you know, one of the things for me that is important to remember is that, you know, if someone would have told someone 10 years ago that you're going to have a phone in your, in your pocket that you, you don't even put down in your house when you walk from one room to the next, 
they would have called us the biggest tech Jetsons you would have ever heard of. But the idea that that we're, we're we're moving this quickly. I mean, the rate of change today. I mean, I heard Scoble talk about it, um, and Scoble and Ryan are two of the ones that I look at for this space. I mean, the idea that someone is blind that can walk down the street and have their glasses read to them exactly what's happening around them and understanding all of those variables so that they could have more freedom. I mean, think about that from a business perspective and understanding, the, you know, how you're able to cater to your people more, and even even the idea of um, you know, I, we, this word personalization is a damn buzzword until we actually start understanding our audience. And to understand our audience, we have to be able to get data that's not voluntarily provided. And we're going to start seeing that where augmented reality, you're going to come into a store and the shirt color that is on the front of the of the display is your favorite shirt color, not the one that the, the girl that woke up that happened to be in the store first put up there. And those kind of things, that's real personalization. That's where, that's where I'm excited to see where it's going to go. Yeah. Hey guys, let me get to Brad O's question. Um, hi Brian, what kind of accessories have you found or heard that work uh, would work best for creating video content on iPhone 6 Plus? Looking to buy some EQ before San Diego. And Ryan, feel free if you have I'm, any thoughts. I'm out. Well. You're no, out? I, I'm, I'm out. I just wanted to add that. I'm, I'm about to do a VR of it like in 45 oh, okay. minutes. So I've got people coming. You're actually doing it. You're not just talking about it, man. No, I, I don't talk. I do. That's I'm awesome. Just, with the VR salon, right? right there. Yeah. If you guys want to look at some of the cool news yeah. that we put, uh, like I, my friends do VR scout and I'm doing VR salon. So follow at VR S A L O N out later. Bye guys. Later. Much Thanks love. Brian. Um, so to answer Brad's question, I think, um, I'm guilty of overcomplicating things. Um, when it, when it comes to gadgets and technology. Um, I'm, right now, my favorite um, tool is uh, the Olaclip. So, I mean, I have the Olaclip studio case. I can simply click that on and I now have um, the fisheye lens or a wide-eye lens. I like the lens piece of it. Um, audio is extremely important. Um, I use a Rode lavalier mic, but I really haven't seen any problems with even other microphones that I've used. And then really figuring out uh, for Periscope, yeah, for, for Periscope from a content, from a six or six plus perspective. And then really finding a tripod, right? Like I use um, Archon mounts, like they have a, a really nice tripod um, that's easy to use. But remember, like for me, you're not trying to replace perfection or perfect content. You're trying to provide unique access, leveraging the mobility features. So when everybody complains that I don't have a stand that sits on the ground, the reason is because I don't want to be not mobile using a mobile live streaming app. And I think that's something that is extremely important just for the, to keep the content in the, in the, the same kind of bulk that it really was meant to be created. Right, right. Let me ask you a quick follow-up about Blab. So you, you talked about um, what you, you think is going to be good about Blab. In, in, in theory, what would you recommend for people? Because people, I hear people all the time say, well, I'd like to go on Blab, but I, I don't know what I'd talk about or what kind of show I would do. So what do you think, given the way you see people should be using using Blab in, in your estimation, what would you recommend like people do? Like what kind of content do you think that there's going to be a thirst for and, and how should people start to position themselves if they're starting new Blabs? Well, the search now is it's not much nicer here on Blab. And I think Blab is one of those communities that um, it's very is much like Meerkat. I talk about my love for Meerkat, but like right. you pretty much can ask anybody anything and they're going to tag somebody. I mean, I get tagged in Blabs on a daily basis. And I, I think it's part of this idea where if 
the reason that they made it, like the reason I love talking to Sean and for Khan and, and those guys is because they do believe in like the pop-up idea, like, you know, scheduling and, and things that I love and brands and I'm planning out, you know, 55 guests over five days and 20 hours of content. Yes, that's fine. But I'm taking like an old school model. And, and you know, like, I think part of it is, I think you listen and you try to understand what's being shared on Blab today. And if there is not something being done in what you're looking to do, do it yourself with the mindset of being, if I come across a great host or someone else I can collaborate with or bring into this or even hand it off to, and because I think most people do it the wrong way where they start the show and they think the show is about them and the show is never about you. You're, you're, you want to create this solution ultimately because it's something that's missing from that niche. And by developing it, you're going to create yourself as a thought leader and all that stuff that you're looking for. But I think too many people would kind of build a show and let the show die rather than understanding that they might not have just been the right person to go after all of the the uh the guest members or maybe their their best time to to do a show about video gaming is in the morning but they know video gamers are night owls and maybe the idea is that you build it you you understand it, you start to put the wheels in motion and then you let it happen and then the other piece is there's no harm in trying and i i recommend for everyone be consistent don't just do three of them in two weeks and say Blab doesn't work for me. Start putting the effort into it. Put a consistent layer out there. Educate them, your audience, where they're currently at. If, if your topic's not on Blab, your audience isn't on Blab. So now you need to, now once you've identified your topic's not there, now you need to go where your audience is and say, okay, what are they talking about? What are the topics that resonate? What's a big event that's coming up? You know, like for me, like that's that's gold, right? Like Cloud Talk, we launched Cloud Talk around AWS reInvent, the, the largest cloud event of the year, because it was pretty simple. It was going to be a lot of buzz in the social channels. We waited a, a week before that when the buzz was still getting hyped. And then we dropped our show. The show wasn't great that week. But by four weeks later, all of a sudden we got some momentum because it kind of it kind of took on and we kind of teamed it up with something where our, we knew where our audience was going to come to Twitter to understand where we're at. So that's kind of my recommendation. Be, before I get to Mark's question, Joe Wilson um, mentions, love the new YouTube feature on Blab. Playing videos makes Blab more fun, definitely. Um, before we started the recording, Brian brought up a video. What do you, what do you see being the the optimum use for it? I mean, do you see using it like the way the news shows a 30 second clip of something that like is related to what you want to talk about or to set up a discussion or, you know, otherwise I think people, it's going to get too webinary and we don't want people coming on blab. It would ruin blab. If somebody comes on and just sets up the video and goes to get a coffee or something like, well, okay, folks, here's my two minute introduction. Now watch this video for the next 45 minutes, right? You could, you could just put it up on YouTube and cut out blab, right? So that's not the purpose, but how, how do you see, how do you see yourself using it? If you were to use video on a blab? Well, you know, as soon as I saw the feature initially, it was a feature that I was begging for. And then once I saw it, I said, oh, crap, how am I going to use that? And, <laughs> I beg for it. and, you know, and I know Sean and the team, I think I see for cons in here now, like, I know those guys are like, you know, they're, they're building these features and adding these things on. To me, there's, there's an interesting element about collaborating around an event or something that's going on that you're delivering. Um, and really kind of all of you watching it together. Therefore, like, you know, like one of the conversations oh, I was yeah. having with a brand was, you know, Netflix and House of Cards doesn't have the culture of, um, you know, of Sons of Anarchy because Sons of Anarchy was a buzz for a whole week in between shows, weeks on weeks on end. House of Cards, you have to put up a disclaimer for like a month if you're going to talk about it so you don't ruin it for everybody else. And so for me, there's there might be an element there. I can tell you today I hated it. I watched the Apple um, announcement and there was two guys on there that were um, that were, you know, 
uh, talking about the a Apple announcement, but it took away from the Apple announcement. I had to, literally had to go to the other channel. I, I know I could have muted them, but I literally went to another channel that wasn't someone talking over it. So I think it's going to have to figure out a combination of the video complementing it or like the basketball game. I watched uh, the one of the, bas the NCAA games. I saw that Sean, I was in the airport and I saw Sean was, uh, had the game on through a YouTube channel and um, him and Saba were in there talking a little bit in between shots or saying, oh, like that kind of piece. I think there's that there's that piece. I do love the idea of links, and I love the idea of complementing your content by throwing in a video, right? So, like, if I'm talking about Snapchat, and I go through all the Snapchat thing. I'm like, well, actually, hold on. This is my most recent Snapchat that I uh, video that I uploaded to YouTube, and my audience can watch it there, and then we can we can talk about it afterwards. I mean, wow, that that's not webinar. That's the new way of providing right. ultimate value and segueing media's together. And also, if you're discussing something, like say you're discussing college basketball game, right? Did he get the shot off or did the buzzer go off first? You can play the video and give everybody context who might not have seen it or just refresh. I mean, I think that would be a cool way to start a discussion of something controversial that happens in sports. And obviously, the same thing can be used for something in the news, for a quote from a political speech, something like that. It just gives it a lot more um, lot more power when you show the actual video from the event. But that that's really using a short clip, like 10 seconds, 30 seconds, right? Not using, not using, um, longer form content. Um, Mark yeah, I think Green it's, somewhere in between, it's somewhere in between being at a live event and all of us watching it in a movie theater, right? It's somewhere where we, if the content is complimentary and we can, uh, we can have a conversation or we all understand that we're not supposed to be talking about it. But like, it, to me, like the Apple announcement was really right. interesting because I I watch Apple announcements like in my last companies on the big screen. We all came around and, and watched it. And while the announcement's going on, just before they're talking about the iPhone, as soon as they drop the iPhone and the specs, then we all kind of talk really loud about it. And then the next feature comes. Well, on the blab earlier today, it was I'm just going to deliver my own opinion about Apple throughout the entire keynote. And it's like, well, now I'm not even sure where that goes. So I mean, the fact that we had we struggled before in the past with having good hosts and good quality and good things going on. We're going to struggle with that in the new feature, but I love it. I mean, Blabs, if you don't appreciate the effort that the Blab team is putting on, you do not understand new technology today because I've been in their offices. I'm sure you, you know, Ross, all of us that live on this platform, yes, things break. Yes, they take things off. Yes, they, but man, are they, are they really focused on their own mission, which I, Periscope should take a lesson from Blab in my opinion. And uh, let me just get to Mark's question. Um, do you f do you feed multiple platforms with an app or program to feed content? In other words, are you using something to schedule and pump out to multiple to multiple uh, platforms? I am, but all of the each p. So I use a scheduler to multiple platforms, but not the same copy or the same content, the exact same content on everything, right? So you won't see the same wording in my Facebook post, my LinkedIn post, my Pinterest post, and my Twitter, my tweet. But I do use Buffer for all of those. So Buffer schedules it, but I actually use different titles, different content in each one of those, knowing what my audience is, right? Like I'm not going to use 30 hashtags in a Facebook uh, post on my Facebook page because I know that four is you know more where it's going to be. I'm not using any hashtags in a LinkedIn one, but I do use the scheduler. The scheduler is key, but it does take some work to kind of build that out. Um, I, I do know, you know like some people complain about um, if you post to your public Facebook page, um, having the, the auto link posted to Twitter with a Facebook link. I'm okay with that. I don't think, I don't think there's right. that much of an issue with that because you're not lying. The link says Facebook on it, right? Like, I mean, we're, we're all like, we're pretty, you know, it, the problem I usually run into is like when someone is mass cross promoting at the exact time, the exact piece and the exact same content. So that's kind of where I look at that. 
That's cool. That's cool. Um, above the rim asks if it's okay. Post the blab. Absolutely. Post the blab that Brian's on uh, later. Oh, Definitely okay. post a link to that. We can all uh, can all head over there at ten thirty Eastern. I think it is right. Ten thirty yeah, Eastern. Seven, in, uh, Vincenzo Landino uh, called in sick. So I, I'm pinch hitting. I don't look as good or have as pretty hair or can sing, but I'm gonna do my best to uh, to step in on that one. All right, let, let's try this new feature here and see how this goes. Nope. Let me try it again. I'm gonna try. I'm trying to copy the link. Oh, there we go. Okay. Oh, there you go. Uh, so no, I think it's shortened the link. Let me open it up in another window. No, it opens. Oh, open right. Yep. That's awesome. So. If you click this link right here now, you can go ahead and sign up, subscribe to, to Brian's um, Blab, and you can have the link up and be ready to view at 1030 tonight. So I know you got another Blab coming. Listen, I appreciate all the time. I appreciate you staying over. And uh, let's keep the conversation going. Let's keep it going on Anchor, on Snapchat, on, on all these great new platforms. And, and Ross, real quick, you know, I think I, you know, it's people like, I think you're doing an amazing job of, of highlighting the people without you know putting yourself on the on the stage, right? You're you're amplifying the you know the live streamers out there, and I think the idea that it's not the people with the biggest names and the biggest followings, but it's those that you believe are doing good work. And I think lots of people could take lessons from that. I, you know, I appreciate. It. I, I I'm not always on the uh, live when you guys are recording, but the, you know, watching the replays back and seeing the things, you know educating people on the different value propositions, the different audience that you talked about. Um, Jennifer's coming on, you know, Jennifer Holderstead. I, I, I think she is amazing. I love um, her message. She's she's a smart attorney. Um, she's stuck with Mitch Jackson for a lot of the, lot of the time on their new show, which I think they're doing <laughs> a, a great job. But like, you know, I think I think it's a, there's a lot of lessons here on on if we want and believe in the live streaming space, you know, how do we how do we bulk each other up and how do we highlight the people that are doing great things, not just because of their um, their value across. So, you know, I appreciate the time that you you know, spend promoting, sharing, and bringing all these people on there. So, I, I you know, I get a lot of uh, credit for being an evangelist in this platform, but um, without people like yourself, um, I'd be standing on a on a pulpit all by my, all myself, looking like a crazy person. So, I, I I thank you for that, my friend. Well, that means a lot. Thank you so much, Brian. And uh, Mitch Jackson calls you the Steph Curry of uh, live streaming, so or a blab. So coming from the Steph Curry of live streaming as a smaller player, I you know not in not in stature maybe, but in 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 volume. Uh, <laughs> you're the high scorer. You're the MVP. And so coming from you, that 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 means a lot. And Thanks again for taking the time. As you mentioned, you set me up perfectly. Jen Hoverstead from the show.live uh, is coming up next week, 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. So look forward to talking to her. And you can check out uh, all the shows at livestreamstars.tv and everything else going on in live streaming at livestreamuniverse.com. And find Brian at iSocialFans across all platforms and iSocialFans.com is his website and uh, just got a featured image up there or a uh, no. what do you call it that, that little uh the, it, little, like, the little side icon I right and up, that, I open up my wordpress how big of a geek i am and i open up wordpress as soon as i saw that so when this is <laughs> down i'm opening up wordpress and figuring out where my featured image is and why it's not auto populating and blab i had fun while you were talking i was just typing in different yeah, sites of mine and like oh well let's see what comes up i don't remember what i said is my front page featured image or if i had a site icon so it's fun. It's it, this is going to be a great new feature, and I'm going to start dropping in um, people that are regular, um, regularly call into the show. I've been guests on the show and are 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 coming on to listen. I'm going to start dropping their links in here during the show, and 
um, publicizing what they're doing and, and, and what their websites are. So um, I think we're going to have a lot of fun with that. So thanks again, Brian, and, and have a great week, everybody. Thank you, everybody. Cheers.